Hey there, welcome to today's episode of Verity Vitamins. My name is Benjamin Pace, and we have been in a series in this segment entitled The Whole Counsel of God. And I've mentioned this a few times, there is so much in this series that I want to get to. Um, there is a lot of, of areas of what we're talking about that uh, I really want to express and, and to minister um, but because of there's so much of it, I, I don't know that we're going to get into all that right now. I, I may do a part two of this series in the near future, and we'll get into some more things. Kind of the direction we've been going was a little bit different than what I thought, but essentially what we've been talking about is how to get the whole counsel of God, not only on a subject, but on a situation and things of that nature. You know, none of us have attained, and none of us know everything, and and talking about the whole counsel of God, our text is in Acts twenty twenty seven, where Paul said, I haven't shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. But we also know that Paul said, I know in part, and we know in part. He said that in 1 Corinthians 13, and so we're not talking about um, knowing everything. None of us know everything. All of us know in part. And the Bible says, he who thinks he knows anything doesn't know anything like he ought to know. You know, knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And in talking about the whole counsel of God, really what we're saying is we want to get the whole perspective on something. You know, whether it's a doctrinal issue, we want to find out uh, what the Word has to say about a subject, but we don't want just one side of it. Um, we're called to camp on particular things to really root them in our heart and to do what uh, Paul said, I believe, in one place, and to be established in the present truth. That may actually have been Peter, either Paul or Peter in one of their epistles said that, being established in the present truth. And so we do need to get established in things, but you don't want to just stop there. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. You know, there is more light to see in areas. And you never want to take away from the light that you have, as long as it's right and it's from the Word. But so many people get into extremes because they take things out of context, or they they camp on half-truths. And so really what we've been talking about, whether it's talking about um, a doctrinal thing, or uh, a denominational perspective about something, or whether it's just a situation... And, and things like that, you got to be careful about becoming one-sided about things and becoming biased. You know, if you really want to get the whole counsel of God about something, you must be objective. And the moment that your emotions get involved with things, um, you're already in danger of getting into an extreme and being one-sided about something because emotion, well, we've been looking at this. The Bible says in uh, Hebrews 4.12 that the Word of God is sharp and powerful. It's quick, and it divides between soul and spirit. Well, why is that important? Because your soul and your emotions getting mixed into things will cause you to get into error. And the emotions aren't bad. The soul is not evil, but you just want to make sure that you subject your soul to the Word of God. You want to receive the engrafted Word that will save your soul. And so anytime people get into uh, biases or they get into their emotions about stuff, oftentimes they're headed for an extreme. You know, one of the things that the Lord's been bringing out in these segments is that isolation leads to extremism and never being willing to see another side of things. It's dangerous. 
And so that's what we've been talking about in this segment is how to get the whole counsel of God. And we've been talking about the written word and how to discern between what's a vision and a fantasy. And then we talked about being a doer of the word and how that helps you to see a perspective that you didn't see before. But today I want to mention this. This has been on my heart. The title of today's episode is Villain or Victim? Being a victim or a villain or villainizing people. Uh, well, let's read some more scripture and we'll get into what we're talking about here. In Proverbs eighteen seventeen, and I'm actually going to read this in the Passion Translation, uh, it says, there are two sides to every story. There are two sides to every story. The first one to speak sounds true until you hear the other side and they set the record straight. Oh man, that's good. Until you hear the other side. You know, you got to be careful about taking sides in things. You know, you got to be careful about trying to be Judge Judy. You know, you got to be careful about trying to judge a situation and pronounce guilt and innocence based on partial knowledge. You, do you see what I'm saying there? What did Paul say? We know in part. You know, James talks about you're not the judge. And there's a difference between discernment and judging in the sense of con- condemnation or trying to take the place of a judge. You know, we're supposed to have some spiritual discernment about us. We're supposed to have some spiritual sensitivity and know what to be a part of and what not to be a part of. Absolutely, you have to. But that doesn't mean you have to take the position of a judge and try to be the judge over a situation when you weren't there and you've only heard one side of the story. This is something we all got to watch out about because really what that is is presumption. It's trying to take a position that you're not qualified for and trying to trying to judge based on partial knowledge. I mean, even in the natural, you know, in our justice system, we're supposed to have trials uh, before we pronounce people guilty. You, you ever heard the term innocent until proven guilty? And listen, we need a justice system in the natural. That's of God. The scripture talks about that. But the Bible has a whole lot to say about judging people spiritually. And it says you're not to do that. You're not the one who is in that position. And so you got to watch out about this stuff. But even in the natural, you know, you hear all the facts. You hear both sides of the story. You hear evidence on this side and evidence on that side. And you have a, a group of various people with different perspectives that are unbiased and can look at it objectively before they come to a verdict. But so many people are putting on the judge's robe, they have a gavel in their hand, and they are coming to a verdict and pronouncing guilt and sentence based on partial knowledge, based on one side of the story. And they're deciding who's the villain and who's the victim. Now, now listen, when you get into this kind of stuff, people, people can kind of get emotional because there are people who have genuinely been victimized, and there are people who have allowed themselves to become villainous. Is that a word? They've yielded themselves to the enemy to the point that they are yielded to evil. And, you know, we have a natural justice system and things of that nature, and I'm not really getting to all, into all that today, but the main point I want to make to you is so many people are so quick to villainize this person and victimize this person. And we have to watch out about that. Now, there are some situations you can look at and you say, okay, obviously, 
you know, this person was a victim and this person was yielded to evil. And we know that. And, you know, you don't have to play coy about things. You don't have to act like something wasn't what it was. But when we're talking about these kind of things, really what we're talking about is having enough humility to say, Lord, help me to stay in my lane. You know, you come into a situation and you're tempted to get really angry and fired up and upset uh, based on something that you heard about this person or that person or they did this or they did that. Well, number one, the Bible says vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. And so God is a God of justice. Um, nobody gets away with anything. But the thing is, is that we are to be looking for mercy. Jude talks about that. And we want people to have opportunity to repent and get it right. Really what our part is, is trying to keep people from being judged. You can recognize that something that somebody do, does is wrong or has done is wrong. But really, I'm, I'm saying, Lord, um, give them opportunity to repent. You know, even people that have done horrible things, you know, there are serial killers who have repented at the last minute. And some people don't like that, but if you understand how precious the blood is and how thoroughly it can cleanse anything, anyone who repents will get grace and mercy. And that is the God we serve. And listen, if you say you love Jesus and you love the gospel, you've got to accept that. That's how the blood works, baby. Anybody who repents and receives the blood can be forgiven and cleansed. And again, I'm not just talking about natural justice system things. Obviously, we have that because this is a sensitive subject that we're getting into. But we need to be looking for mercy. We need to want to, to see people repent and get mercy. And, and that's how we stay right with God. You know, that, that has to do with forgiveness and things of that nature. But here's the thing I really want to emphasize in this podcast. There are people who have been genuinely victimized by people who were completely yielded to evil, right? And there is genuine trauma that people have dealt with. But in this podcast, what I want to deal with is this, defining the difference between trauma, and watch this, drama. Uh-oh. <laughs> we could do a whole podcast talking about people who have genuinely dealt with actual trauma and have had horrible things happen to them. We could get more into that. But on this podcast, I just want to camp on this for a few minutes, discerning between trauma and drama. <laughs> you know, some people have been traumatized and other things have just been dramatized. <laughs> We've talked about this a little bit, how things get puffed up in people's minds. You know, people talk a lot about church trauma. Well, again, there have been churches that have done some awful things and that can be traumatizing and misrepresenting the Lord. And the Bible talks about that. And we, we could get into that. But in a lot of situations um, and a lot of things that aren't as intense as, you know, people make them sound, uh, a lot of times people will paint themselves as the victim and somebody else as the villain. You know what I mean by that? And, you know, this happens a lot when people, uh, you know, lose jobs and things of that nature. You know, there are some situations where people have, have lost jobs or, you know, maybe they got fired, they, you know, and, and it, it wasn't right. You know, they were falsely accused or, you know, it wasn't reasonable, it wasn't good, and, and they tried their best. You know, in those cases, and we'll look at this, in those cases, God is faithful and he'll vindicate you. 
If you did everything you knew to do and you're walking in love and doing what he's told you to do and somebody else does something, God will vindicate you. I mean, look at Joseph. You know, Joseph was, first of all, he was sexually harassed and then he was falsely accused. But you know what? God vindicated him and God was faithful to do that. But there are a lot of other situations where, you know, if you really looked at it objectively, uh, just because somebody got fired or let go or something happened or, you know, somebody was told no about something, um, you know, it really wasn't that bad. It really wasn't unreasonable. In fact, in a lot of those cases, you can look at it and you say, I don't know how you kept that job this long, <laughs> you know, with your attitude and how you were doing things, you know, but people tend to take sides. That's just an example that I'm using. People, people tend to take sides with things and they say, oh, that wasn't right. That wasn't right. But they only heard one side of the story, and they want to villainize this person and victimize this person. You know, an example of this is in Matthew 25, where he gave the talents to those servants. And the first two servants who were faithful with what he had given them, he said, hey, great job. You, well done. Hey, have a promotion. Have a raise. You know, that's not an unreasonable boss. And besides that, you know, the boss in the parable, he's representing Jesus. But then it comes to that third guy, and that third guy, he's like, what, what have you been doing? I left you with this stuff. You, ha you haven't done anything that I've asked you to do. And he said, listen, you're, you're lazy, and you're, you're not faithful. I, I can't use you anymore. Sorry. Bye. He let him go. Listen, would Jesus ever fire somebody? Uh-oh. <laughs> well, apparently so, out of Jesus' own lips. And, you know, God is not obligated to promote people who are not faithful and are not obedient. And natural bosses and natural people are not required to give people participation trophies. I'm sorry, you know, because faithfulness gets promoted. Unfaithfulness does not. But a lot of times in these situations, you know, uh, somebody, you know, maybe something happened or they lost their job or, or a church, you know, said it can't use you anymore or something like that. And so they go around and they meet up with their friends and they start talking about how, how bad the environment was. They start talking about how bad they, they say they're, they're, they're defecting from that thing. You know, they start a YouTube channel about it. And I know that there are some genuine situations where people have experienced bad things. I understand that. But you know what? The right response to that is not to go around slandering them. The right response is to say, Lord, you see, you know, and you'll vindicate me. But I'm, I'm not going to contribute to their downfall. I'm going to walk in love. Now, I'm not saying you're not supposed to report a crime or something like that if something's happening. But uh, people just going around slandering things. In a lot of these cases, uh, a lot of it is clickbait. A lot of it is trying to get people to take sides. A lot of it is exaggerated. And some of it is just straight fabrication. You understand? Some of these things, you've got to rightly divide each situation. I'm not saying it's a rule for anything, but this is how you get the whole counsel of God. You don't just listen to one side. You're not quick to take sides. And if you find yourself getting angry, that's where you got to watch it. If your emotions start getting involved in things, be careful about this stuff. There are two sides to every story. And there's a reason why we have, we have a justice system in the natural that is not one-sided. At least it's not supposed to be. You know, I can't vouch for every situation, obviously. It's flawed. But at least we have something, you know. 
But people people go around and they, they, they say, you know, it, it was a toxic work environment. Well, there are toxic work environments. I understand that. I get that. But in a lot of cases, you know, people, what they refer to as a toxic work environment is people just requiring excellence. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know? And, and, and here's something. You know, why did they owe it to them to not do that? You know, it's their business. It's their thing. They got to run it how they want to do it. It's their church. It's their thing. They got to do it how they feel to do it. Well, why did they owe it to them to not do that? See, there's some entitlement there. You got to watch out about some of this stuff. And, you know, another example of this is Matthew chapter 20, when that one uh, master gave more money to the people who had only worked one hour, and the people who were there all day thought, oh, I guess he's going to pay us more. And then when he didn't, they got upset with him. They got offended. They said, that's not right. You know, he, he's, not, he's not a good boss. You know, if he was a good boss, he would have paid me more. I've been here all day. I've been, I've been here for 10 years. I've been working hard. He should have given me something better. What, what is that? That's entitlement. And the master said, listen, am I not free to do with my own what I want to do? You know, why is your eye evil? Because I chose to be generous with them. See, really the root of that was envy because he was generous with the, the workers who didn't feel they deserved it. They weren't expecting that. They didn't feel entitled to it. And, you know, it's impossible to be gracious with people who act like you owe something to them. And this happens a lot. And he said, did I not agree with you for this amount of money? You know, and, and, and so, so many people get puffed up in their mind. They dramatize things in their mind and they think things are going to go a certain way. And then when it doesn't go that way, they get upset. And then they continue to dramatize things in their mind. And next thing you know, they're the star of their own lifetime movie, the toxic preacher, you know, the toxic boss, you know, the toxic this or that. And listen, I understand there are genuinely genuine situations, but there's a way to handle those situations. A lot of those cases, God didn't even lead you to be there in the first place. You shouldn't even have been there. And I understand that, you know, there are other cases where people yield to wrong things. And I'm not saying God's requiring you to stay in a situation like that, but you got to watch out about yielding to this victim mentality, getting one-sided about things, and trying to always paint other people as the villain. You got to watch out about that because that can hinder God from giving you victory. You know, when you play the victim, it can, it can cut you off from victory. Look at this in 1 Peter 4, verse 14. It says, If you are reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. So if you're getting persecuted because you're taking a stand for God, he said, hey, rejoice. God's glorified on your behalf. He said, but don't suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's affairs. You know, a lot of stuff, you got to ask yourself, this, how is this even any of my business? Why am I even getting involved in this? Why am I taking sides in this thing? What's this to me? He said, don't suffer like that. He said, but if any man suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let, a, let him glorify God on this behalf. Uh, he said, for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begins with us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? Uh, he, he said uh, this, wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. You know, if you're experiencing something that's not good and that's not right and, and it's not a good situation, well, first of all, 
you know, that may or may not be where the Lord has even led you to be. But if you believe you are supposed to be there and it seems like there's some unfair treatment, what did he say to do? He said, entrust your soul to God because God is faithful to you. God is not going to leave you. He's not going to leave you hanging. Uh, Psalm 37 talks about he will shine the light on your righteousness. Amen. But see, in order to do that, you got to know where your righteousness comes from. And if you're suffering something on Christ's behalf, well, he's going to vindicate you. He's going to take care of you. But you don't want to play the victim and make other people the villain because then it hinders God from giving you vindication and victory.